A false gospel can be defined in many ways. The most simple definition is simply that it is a gospel that is different than that taught by Jesus Christ. The most deceptive of false gospels root themselves in the real gospel by borrowing its language, the commands of Christ, and the trappings of Christianity to sell you something that isn't anything close to the real gospel at all. We see this today in the prosperity gospel of Joel Osteen. We see this in the Salvation Army with its denial of baptism, and we see this in various secular groups that invoke Christ for its inspiration. Today we're going to talk about a false gospel being promoted by the hierarchy of the church, and we're going to do so by demonstrating yet another attack by the hierarchy on a traditional religious order whose crime is being Catholic. So brace yourselves, because we keep seeing a pattern emerging that sets off red flags for any person of faith who is paying attention. But before we get started, I wanted to continue to make the call for submissions to the blog, returntotradition.org. I can't offer payment for submissions at this time, but the blog does get hundreds of hits each day, so feel free to submit your art, poetry, opinion pieces, or reflections via email. A link is in the description. Also, by popular request, I have a P.O. box, so you can send real mail. Send your hate mail, bricks, prayer cards, or whatever to the address in the description of this video. Finally, if you want to support the work of this channel, you can do so for as little as a dollar each month on Patreon and Subscribestar. As always, a special thank you to the patrons of this channel. Now, on to the news. The false gospel plaguing the Catholic Church today is, of course, modernism. It isn't the false gospel that the fringes of evangelical Protestantism accuse the faith of, a works-based plan for salvation, though it does have some similarities to that. While Catholics have always believed that good works are inseparably part of the life of faith, that indeed the idea of having faith without works is dead, as the Apostle himself says, so too do we deny that only through charitable works are one saved. We accept that there are many, many forms of good works, including the offering of the busy and tired mother, of the intentions of her rosary, for the conversion of family members, or for the plight of the homeless man she sees every day, or really any number of actions that focuses our will on the good of others. Works are important, but they're not everything. Yet in the mind of the modernist, the emphasis is so much on material works, often at the expense of prayer, that for the modernist, Prayer is often a distraction, a sign of Lefebvrean tendencies that, when seen in a religious order, must be stamped out. Such is the case of the French Order of Nuns, the Little Sisters of Mary the Redeemer, a group of contemplative nuns who dress in actual habits, spend much time in prayer, and care for the elderly at nearby retirement homes. In the grand history of the Church's religious orders, the Little Sisters of Mary are pretty normal. Most people have never heard of them, and that's completely fine. The Little Sisters came into conflict recently with the local bishop, a Monsignor Thierry Scherer of the Diocese of Laval, who had come into conflict with their mother superior. I'm going to quote this piece on this tragedy from LifeSite News in order to give you details of the heinous crimes and abuses committed by the Little Sisters that warranted their punishment. Prepare to be shocked and appalled at their depravity. Quote, the sisters were accused of a variety of offenses against modern sensibilities, including engaging in too much prayer, the use of traditional habits, deviant authoritarianism, being too classical in their thinking, and being unmoving in their adherence to the charism of their institute. 
They also say the commissioners tried to turn the sisters against each other, offering prestigious positions in the order if they would conform to the commissioners' authority, but their tactics failed. When the nuns refused to admit the commissioners, they were threatened with excommunication and requested to be relieved of their vows to avoid that outcome. The Support Association says the decision to relieve the sisters of their vows, instead of working out a solution with them, came at the behest of Sister Genevieve Madavel, the principal apostolic commissioner named by the Vatican. Madavel is a religious sister who dresses in lay clothing and wears a short haircut without a head covering. She is a professor of ethics at the Catholic Institute of Paris and the author of the recently published book, Migrants, Francis and Us. Medevelle writes in defense of Amoris Laetitia against conservatives and traditionalists who criticize it. End quote. How absolutely barbaric of the sisters. Can you imagine the audacity of nuns who wear habits? Those who don't stop at his shop at Hillary Clinton's off-the-rack pantsuit emporium, who actually adhere to the traditions of their religious order, who are actually Catholic, it's monstrous and unthinkable. The Little Sisters of Mary released a public statement explaining the situation. Here is an excerpt. Quote, Having looked to remaining faithful, as much to the church as to the charism granted by our Lord to Mother Marie de la Croix, having tried to find, many, many times, a path of dialogue with Rome, having offered peaceful solutions, no agreements have been found. The authorities in Rome in charge of the consecrated life have now decided to choose to release us from our religious vows. Whilst it is true that in the context of the moral pressure and impasse that we found ourselves in, we were driven last October against our profound wishes to ask to be released from our vows since no other solution had ever been offered to enable us to remain in communion with the church, we are profoundly wounded by this and remain sadly surprised that Rome has preferred to accept that request rather than accepting the peaceful solutions which we had put forward and which were responsible. End quote. If you want to know what the ideal religious order looks like in the Church of the New Advent, look no further than to a group calling itself the Sisters of Social Service. Yes, that's an alleged religious community. You may have heard of its most famous member, Sister Simone Campbell, who leads the nuns on the bus. This group of Clinton-esque pantsuit-wearing self-described nuns travel around the United States promoting progressive social justice causes with barely a mention of Christ and no mention of the real gospel. It promotes the causes using the church as a sort of cultural cachet. During the papacy of Benedict XVI, Simone's, Sister Simone Campbell's group fell under investigation, which was quickly ended by Francis, of course, despite their promoting a false gospel that is materialistic and of this world. No, they are the ideal religious order in the new religion. These stunning and brave women travel the country taking on issues like the Affordable Care Act and publicly standing against the criminalization of abortion, in the name of being truly pro-life, with a seamless garment, of course. The nuns on the bus are absolutely loved by the same secular progressive enemies of the church who want nothing to do with the faith, which is rather telling. But they are the ideal religious order in the church today. The Little Sisters of Mary, the Redeemer, are handling the situation in the way you might expect a group of women who are seeking sanctity to handle such an assault. They intend to continue to live their vocation, even if they have been removed from their order. Quoting their statement further, quote, Certainly we have not lived through these two sorrowful years in order to lose the treasure 
which is for us the charism received from Mother Marie de la Croix. We want to continue to live together in a life of prayer and service. Paradoxically and mysteriously, we live perhaps more than ever, perhaps what is at the heart of our vocation, following in the way of Our Lady, to take our part of suffering in the fulfillment of the plan of our redemption, in reparation for the saving of souls, for the sanctification of priests, for the church so damaged by all sorts of scandals, for the world. If Christ, our soul's spouse, judges us worthy of carrying such a cross, we must render thanks to him in all things. That is what a group of Catholic religious women sound like even after they've been persecuted by the church that they love. I'm realizing more and more that maybe, just maybe, the persecution we've all been expecting in the final years before our Lord's return will come mostly from within the church primarily, in addition to the persecution we see in the Middle East and Asia at this moment. This case is just one of many such cases where a group of religious men and women who love the faith to such a degree that they will give their whole lives to living it have been persecuted for the church, for classical thinking, and for Lefebvrean tendencies. I do not deny that the gospel message of Christ requires us to do charitable works for the poor, even if you are yourself poor. I do not deny that the gospel requires us to aid the migrant, to defend the defenseless, to oppose injustice. But those things are not the gospel message itself. But in the church of the new advent, those things very often are the gospel. The church is first concerned with going forth to all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The church's primary mission is bringing Christ to the nations of the world. And we see precious little of that these days. No, today we see the material side of the faith, and little talk of repentance. Unless, of course, you're one of those rigid traditionalists holding onto the ashes of a dead past, then there is a pl plenty of talk about how we must repent and abandon the past in favor of a world-embracing future. The punchline to this bad joke that the modernists push is this. Modernism has no future. It offers nothing, and the decline of vocations and the emptying of parishes attest to just that. How many souls are lost because of modernism? Think about this in the case of the Little Sisters of the Redeemer and of groups like them. Contemplative religious spend much of their time in prayer, praying for others as well as for their own intentions. They've been persecuted for praying too much. How many souls have been lost because of the suppression of religious orders like this? How many have been lost by the corruption of other groups who have been transformed into ones resembling more the nuns on the bus? How many souls have been lost simply by this narrow facet of modernism? It's a question that I really don't want the answer to. Not really. At any rate, please pray for these women religious. They need your prayers because they plan to keep to the work of their apostolate even if they've been unjustly dismissed from their order. They love the faith more than many of us do, and certainly more than the person put in charge of their society does. They love the faith more than most of the hierarchy does, and they love the faith enough to pick up their crosses and carry it. They have no institutional support from the church. What is to become of the elderly they care for? Notice how this doesn't really matter to the modernists. Only stamping out the traditional faith matters. Almost 60 years into their revolution in the church, and they keep trying to extinguish the light of the faith. They will fail, as has every other enemy tyrant of the church. Keep the Little Sisters of Mary, the Redeemer, in your prayers. They certainly need them. As always, thank you for listening and for your support. Pray and do acts of penance for the liberation and exaltation of the church. I'm Anthony Stein.
Viva Cristo Rey.